Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining the podcast. On this episode, I have Stephanie Dickinson. She's a mindfulness coach and an authentic relating expert. And we dive into relationships, cultivating connection. And if you've been watching the Netflix show, Love is Blind, we bring elements of the show into our conversation and relate it to authentic relating. So I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. So we have been talking about Love is Blind for the past like week and a half now. Mm -hmm. The show literally launched the day that Stephanie flew into town from Bali to Atlanta. And um, a lot of my friends are actually on the show. It's basically a show, for those who don't know, where 15 women and 15 men they date through a wall in these things called pods. So they sit across from each other and they can't see each other. So they date for two weeks. And at the end of the show, if they want to, they can propose and literally they'll have a wedding. They fly them out for a honeymoon and they move in with each other and they meet the, the other family's parents. And this is in such a short time span but the way that they do the show, it's so interesting because the deepest, most beautifully intense stuff, I'll say, comes up and it shows the depth of the human experience mm-hmm. to like this whole new level. And it's just unraveling so much. I would love to dive into that with you on this podcast. I would love to dive into it too. I know that we both are really excited about about the depth that's there and like the aliveness that comes through in these really like juicy authentic relationships you know Mm -hmm. and I think this show the show love is blind it's really highlighting this this craving that people are having to just like genuinely connect and not just be like swipe right and superficial conversation but to really have this depth of connection and like emotional rate of relating that comes through Mm -hmm. and I'm loving it. It's really like, I'm so grateful to the show for really bringing this out to like mainstream and getting us talking about it and thinking about it and seeing that it's possible. Yeah. You know, because I know it's possible. I hope you know it. And it's like, but it is, you know, we can have this. And the more that we talk about it and the more it becomes mainstream, the more we get to create what we want and get these fulfilling relationships. For sure. And I feel like it's also creating somewhat of a, I think it has the potential to create a culture shift Yeah. because we're seeing so many people that are dating through apps and that's not a bad thing, but it's just the authenticity is really developed when you're in conversation, like going deep and sometimes not really rushing to the physical. Sometimes having physical intimacy can almost be almost like a mask for vulnerability 
it's like, okay, let me just kiss you in this moment because it's easier than having a conversation. And when they're talking through a wall, they, they can't do that. They don't have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And it almost creates a deeper level of depth because you actually can't even see the person. So you don't know what their reaction is. So it almost takes off a layer of the human condition of, are they receiving me? It's okay. I'm mm-hmm. just going to share my story authentically. Right. I love that you bring that piece in. It does have this quality of freedom and openness to it. So I think, you know, normally when we first meet anyone, not just like a significant other, like a boyfriend potential, partner potential, but when we meet anyone, we're actually kind of reading and tracking that person and being like, oh, how did this land with them? Did they like what I just say? And we're getting all of these nonverbal cues, the way they smile at us or the way they look away when we're speaking. It kind of sends us these messages. And, um, And we might start filtering what we share or how much we share. And when we can't see someone's reaction, but we're just feeling them or just hearing their voice, we can maybe just open up and having a little bit, I think in the show, another piece is like having it be anonymous. Like they don't see each other and they don't know the background of the people yet. And so there's like a freedom that comes with that, that just goes, we, we can just show up as ourselves Put yourself out there in a way that feels good for you and then genuinely get curious about who is that person on the other side of this pod and other side of the wall. And it just creates like an openness that maybe we don't normally feel in day-to-day life because I think most of us, when we meet anybody, we kind of tend to go down the routine route of like, oh, hi, how are you? Where are you from? Basics, you know, it's just like the same thing over and over. And this, it just kind of opens up to like way more possibility of what you feel open to exploring or asking about or sharing about yourself. Totally. That's such a good point. I loved that. That extra layer of like the anonymous part is also huge. It's like you sometimes feel more comfortable sharing with someone that you don't know Yeah. because there's no story. They haven't seen you for the last 18 years, grow up and go through the awkward phases and all of that. It's like they're just meeting you and you get to kind of be whoever you want to be in that moment. It's very like present in a new way. Totally. I'm feeling that exactly. But those words like present, it's we get the invitation to be completely present. And that's something that doesn't really exist in most of our lives day to day. You know, there's so much structure and busyness and like you have to look a certain way or act a certain way in certain situations. Mm -hmm. And with this, it's like, oh, I get to just be real about what I'm feeling right now in this moment and move with that. Like follow my own instincts and curiosities and desires. (laughs) Like, woo, that sounds fun. (laughs) Yes. And on the show... When they do get to the point where they finally meet, the only way they can meet is through proposing. So once they fall in love, and, it, and they do, they, a lot of them really fall in love to like a deep, deep level. They propose and they meet, and then there's this second level of, okay, now that there's a physical component involved and I can see them, does this connection still stay? Like, it, does the wall give me a layer of security? Does it give me a layer of vulnerability? And like when I introduced physical human touch or human connection, does it make me too scared or is the fear too big? Or is it, you know, not a match like Mm. physically, like is the energy not there? Yeah. Yeah. I like what you're saying about that. 
um, it's fun to see. I watched some of the show and I won't give anything away, but I have seen it transition from a couple who connected through the wall and then moved into a proposal and then met in person. And it was really cool to watch them reveal how, what it was like to see each other for the first time and to kiss for the first time and to, and wonder like, are we going to have chemistry or not? You yeah. know? And then they felt like the first kiss was good, but then there's also like, wait, but are we going to connect beyond that? And yes. what about his family, my family? And are we actually that compatible? Like yeah. other questions started coming up. Like, mm. so then some fears could come online too. For I think sure. another thing that can happen, maybe this is coming through in the show too, but I can imagine this in real life is that when you do actually see the person and the physical side of connection comes in, that is so strong and compelling that sometimes it can dominate connection, you know? Yeah. So it's like, why talk when we can be kissing right now, you know, and yes. you can start to just really keep going down that path. It's just totally. like physically connecting. Yes. And I think a lot of people feel that like, it's just is it that impulse to like physically connect is so strong. I think that's one of the things that makes the show so special is that it's really completely stripping that away and not allowing it at all. Like, yeah. no physical sight, but no, you know, no physical connection at all. Totally. At first, so, And one of the patterns from the show that I've noticed is the men, once they have that strong connection, it seems like the men savor that because it's so, so special. And the women question it. So mm. throughout the show, like after, um, not to give any spoilers, but after um, they do meet, it's the women that are more in their heads about it the whole time. And the men are like in. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like the way to a man's heart is like through that vulnerability, mm. but like a woman gets up kind of a lot with her friends and family. And it's just a different level of connection. And so it's like when they actually meet the guy, there needs to be something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think you've seen a little more of the show than me. So now <laughs> I'm getting more curious to see how that plays out, <laughs> yes. but I can even see how that can translate just into like our own lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of now questioning that like, we. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering, how do you think that shows up, like, in our lives? Yes. Yeah. So I'll bring that back into the patterning. So a lot of the women will say we're in more of their, like, dominant masculine energy and more of the men were more in their, like, softer feminine energy, interestingly enough, like, across the board. And so a lot of the women were a little bit more, like, they're in their careers, they're, like, go-getters, they're, like, total bosses, and a little bit like dominant in a way and therefore a lot in their heads like there's a lot of mental activity mm. and like the men are like a little bit more like back they're like very like heart-centered and it just that's kind of how it's portrayed mm, right so that's it. kind of like the patterning of the show and you kind of see these play out where the women are questioning the whole time and the men are like so in and like a lot of the women are kind of coming into um, they, a lot of insecurity and fear comes up and then anger arises. So like the show progresses where they like move in with each other and they like go on these, this trip to Mexico. And it's just interesting how um, it seems like the women are having a harder time 
really feeling the connection longer term and questioning themselves and the men are kind of not and like what comes up when they move in with each other like when anger arises like a woman really wants to feel love and they're actually masking it with anger they're coming to the table and saying well you didn't do this and you didn't do this and really what they want is they just want to feel that love and connection yeah yeah. This is so interesting. I feel like we could kind of explore this a little bit right now. And um, like, not only in terms of the show, but I'm even feeling like my own life right yes. here, you know, and also other women that I know and that I've worked with too. And I'm really realizing like, I know, I know that in my past, I was definitely conditioned to be an achiever and really focused and I would have goals and I would accomplish accomplish them and then move on to the next and the next. And it also was an emotional support system for my friends, for my family, for my boyfriend. So I sort of had this like responsibility that maybe I was conditioned to take, but I also chose it right where I was like the person that everyone would go to. And that could be for a work project or when I was in university, it was for school projects mm-hmm. and help and friends in need would come to me. And sort of being that person who was always on and always giving my support. And, and when I did that, now I can look back and really see how challenging it was for me to be in this like trusting energy. It doesn't mean I mistrusted people, but to be in this place where I could like surrender and relax and kick back and trust that other people would show up for me the way I was showing up for them or that people yes. maybe on my team would, you know, deliver the same results that I could. It was a real challenge for me to move through that and to like <laughs> give some space and responsibility to other people and, and maybe not always take the burden on so fully or take on too much control and really like loosen my grip a little bit. And it took yes. me um, intentional practice to get there. Yeah. Like as you're saying that, I- I'm totally resonating and so many memories are coming up for me as well. It's been a whole process. And I've talked about this on the podcast a few times, but it's been a whole process learning how to trust myself. And on the podcast, I refer to it as the feminine energy a lot, but it's really just trusting the unknown, trusting what we fear and trusting diving into this space. And I feel like, the reason the show is hitting me so hard is because I resonate with so many of these women and I've been in that position so many times and now I'm seeing what it's like to step into that feminine energy and how much healing that it's really done for me. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like, it's hard, like it's challenging because I'm seeing it and it's almost like painful, but I get it. And I, I keep going back to the show because it's just so... I just feel it. I've been in these situations, like every single one of them. I've been the girl that has yelled at her boyfriend for just being a total asshole when really it was just me and my reflection. And I was just angry and upset and putting it all out there. And it's so interesting seeing it play out in relationship dynamics. And I'm just like, man, I've lived this. I've been here so many times. I think women across the world and especially the United States experience this because we're so our culture is so accomplishment driven and it doesn't mean that you can't accomplish things being a woman right 
like you can't, it doesn't mean that you can't, you're not in your feminine energy and you can't be successful, but it's like an approach of, are you leading with your heart? And is the foundation of what you're bringing to the table based on a feeling or is it just coming from the mind and just coming from what you've learned and like just coming from the external and it should always be met in the middle. But I think in our culture, we're so conditioned to just use the mind. And I did that for years, mm-hmm. which kept me in my corporate job years and years longer than I probably needed to be there. Although everything happens in divine timing. My mind was holding me there out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I just went into that so deeply. Oh, I love it. I, just, I love this me. moment of like, I feel this yes. so. I was trying to figure out like, why am I obsessed with this show? <laughs> like, I'm going really into it. And then I'm like, I literally get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I get it too. I'm so like uh, listening to you and the stories <laughs> of these women and like, Oh, like I get it because I've lived it as well. Yeah. And like I've lived it whether in terms of like work or with my family or guys I've dated or boyfriends or any of it. Like I can relate and I can I see now why I would feel that way, how yes. I felt that way, why I acted that way. Yes. And now I, I see it from a different perspective and I feel differently than I used to. So I'm oh. like, okay, there's been a shift and I'm always growing and always changing, but I really, I really feel what you're saying about like, we come from a very productivity driven society. And so we're very accomplishment oriented. We have certain tasks we're supposed to do every day. And that's where we get our, our sense of value and worth because it's like, oh, I did all these things today. And you know, I looked good while I did it. So extra points, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, God, that's so much pressure. And, And then we are also just taught to be in our heads a lot you know and like Mm -hmm. mental mental body intelligence all of that is really rewarded in our society and that's great but then we also have other parts of us that are really valuable like our hearts and things that involve things that don't just come from your your mind totally yes we were talking about that earlier too how Uh, the polarity in a relationship is so important. And a lot of times throughout a relationship as women will get more and more and more into this driven nature, which is beautiful. A lot of times the polarity in a relationship can shift and the woman totally loses her sex drive. And Mm -hmm. then her relationship becomes, you know, not as fulfilling, not as sensual, not as connective. And then they're like, well, I don't even really want to have sex with my husband anymore. I kind of just want to keep working. I don't have time for that. And it creates way more problems because what we want most is to feel connected. And we're doing all of this hard work to keep us alive and sustained. But like at the end of the day, we really want love, but we continuously make these decisions to kind of take us away from love. Yeah. It's not balanced. Right. Exactly. The way I'm seeing it, even just recent times with some women I've been working with, it's like this, this habit is instilled and it's the habit of giving, but not receiving. Mm -hmm. And they're giving so much to their work and to their families and to other, like their social causes. Mm -hmm. But I keep pausing them and saying, where are you getting filled up? Like, where are you receiving love and energy and getting juiced up so that you have more to give rather than giving from an empty cup? You can't do that, right? You're going to burn out. You're going to feel depleted. It's going to affect your mental health, your physical health, and emotional health. 
And I've really been shocked at how many how many women, and again, I can relate to this because I've done this in my past too. So I'll just speak from my experience and just say, I don't think I'm alone in this. <laughs> but I remember some years ago having a partner. And at this time, I had you know, launched my own business and I was making things happen. And I had full trust that I could do that because I was like, yeah, I got this, right? <laughs> yeah. That's my attitude. Like, yeah. I can take care of myself. I absolutely have no doubt in it. But I was really like in that assertive, I'm going to accomplish this. I'm getting things taken care of. I was working really hard. And I found that I wasn't leaning into my partner's support. And I was kind of keeping all of it in to myself because it was like, well, it's my thing. So I'll just keep it to myself. I've got this. But I wasn't letting him in and really sharing that actually I was scared because I'd never done something like this. And actually I had some fears coming up around this new venture and some other pieces of what was going on. And what I would have really loved was more support from him, but I wasn't asking for that. And then eventually when I did at that point in the dynamic of our relationship, he wasn't able to be in that position with me to be like a support system for me. And I, allow that to be okay. I still stayed in a relationship with him, even though he couldn't really give me the support I wanted and needed and was asking for. Yes. Whereas friends of mine could, you know, and so it really showed me that sometimes I know I was taking on too much, yeah. you know, and I was burdening myself and even showing up so much for him, but it wasn't being reciprocated. For sure. And I've shifted a lot since then and really worked through some of this and learned how to let people in on what's really going on with me, which trust me, I did not growing up. I did not grow up doing that. You know, my, my past was very much like smile on my face. I'm going to make this look easy, even if it isn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I learned actually I can reach out to different people and get support And also like express myself, not just ask for like, hey, can you do this task for me? But I can say, hey, I am really emotional and I just need to cry and be held and to let myself be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. to really show that softer side, not just to like my one or two best friends, but to more and more people and not just you know, holding it all in so tightly and trying and gripping, but rather trusting, loosening my grip, letting myself express and letting more people see me and just be with me in the moment of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've certainly attracted very different men in my life. Wow. Like very different partner types. You can tell. You mm-hmm. can see the shift. Yeah. Like men that are supportive. Yeah. Men who are supportive mm-hmm. um, and emotionally supportive mm-hmm. too. Um, and also supportive and understanding of my desire to really show up strongly for my business. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, I'm getting supported more and more. And I'm like, it's actually it's such a turn on. Do you think because you were open to receiving it or do you think it's because you got emotionally more vulnerable and attracted more emotionally vulnerable people who could support you and hold you in that? I think yes and yes. I yeah. think it's both things. Mm. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I resonate that so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship that I had with um, a guy that I dated a while back, um, I was doing most of the work in the relationship to the point where he was in his feminine energy. I was in his masculine. I was constantly, you know, constantly working, like constantly keeping the relationship together. I would go out of my way to um, 
almost take all of the responsibility to the point where he didn't have to take any to the point where he almost didn't value the relationship because I was doing everything. Yes. And then by the end of it, it was like, I was so invested and I was giving so much that when we ended, I felt it way more. Mm -hmm. And he was almost like, I don't understand why, like, what's the, like, why are you so upset about this? We're kind of going in different directions. But to me, I had done all the work I had done. I had given myself and given myself to the point where I was depleted. And then I was upset about it. And he was over there like, you literally did this to yourself. And I'm like, I may have. Yes. I so relate to you. I have brought this relationship too. I did the same thing. The same thing. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Like kind of looking back, I remember, I remember at first feeling kind of like, yeah, really hurt, really disappointed too. And like, oh, I invested so much and, and now I'm not getting what I, I wanted and this doesn't feel good. And then later really realizing it was my choice all along how much I would give. And even if there was a silent expectation or even if he was verbal with his expectations mm-hmm. of me doing more housework because we, you know, we live together or me doing more romantic things because I'm a woman and I'm more whatever, whatever those expectations or assumptions might yeah. have been, I always had a choice whether I, you know, acknowledged it or not. I actually always had a choice to play into that or to create what I actually wanted that mm-hmm. actually worked for me. Yeah. So I don't have to, I know, I now very clearly know I do not have to just keep giving and giving and doing all the things to like 110% level. I don't have totally. to, and that's not actually like conscious. That's not a conscious health. It's like relationship. this overachiever that's yeah. actually not doing you a service. Not at all. You're like basically the team leader in a school project and you're doing all of the work for all four people. I totally did that. And then you're like, <laughs> It's so funny, but it's such a thing. It's yeah. so true. It's such a disservice. It's, yeah. And it's it's not only a disservice like to myself or to yourself in the situation, but to anybody who's yeah. who's related and involved. I I used to work with um as a teacher and with children and I could see the kids who had the helicopter moms who would come in or helicopter dads who would yeah. come in and do way too much for them. And it was actually inhibiting the child's ability to mm. grow and to learn. Yeah. And it's kind of that same thing is like when I take on too much with my partner, I'm actually taking away his chances and his opportunities to grow and be an amazing partner. Holy. And that's not fair to either of us. It's not actually what we want, right? So I need to stay in my own lane and honor my own boundaries and and for him to do the same thing. And the biggest thing that I realized from the situation on my side was when I was giving, I wasn't actually asking myself what I needed, but I was trying to fulfill his need. So it was almost like like, oh, you need this? Okay, let me see how I can do it. And I was like a problem solver instead of being like, well what do I need? Okay, so this is what you need and this is what I need. Where can we meet in the middle so we're actually solving both of our needs in the same moment? But it wasn't, it was almost like this need for, if I don't do that, this is how I'm gaining his love. Mm. It's like, if I do this, he'll love me more. Yeah. Because then he's almost attached to me in a way. Right. And so that's actually not healthy. Yeah. So it's a very conditional love. It's and conditional. It, it even yes. it love, it's just so conditional, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, So then we actually started practicing unattachment. Mm. Like, okay, so how can we 
maybe we open the relationship to just allowing ourselves to like dance with other people and like test those things. Like, does this make us uncomfortable? And just opening up more and like really looking at, okay, where are we attached unhealthily? Where do we commit and not necessarily attach? Like, where is the commitment? And that's a whole nother story, but that's actually how I was able to overcome this. Mm. Like I literally practiced this non-attachment in my relationships and yeah, I was honoring myself in that. And it was hard as hell. Like probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I needed to do it. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like that, it was so extreme that like, that's actually what helped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can imagine that really helping. Yes. When you, a moment ago, you said something about um, needs, like meeting each other's needs. And it made me just think of my experience with authentic relating, which I'm sure we'll get into more in a moment. But my experience with authentic relating has really shown me that there's a part of relationships that is about maybe more of the basic levels of fulfilling each other's needs and wants. But there's another layer too that's in the moment relating, which is for me, that is a true intimacy. Yeah. And that's not so much of if I do this, then he'll do that. It's not the if this, then that. It's not that conditional thing. It's just sharing a present moment yeah. and really revealing what's coming up for you, like what you're feeling or what emotions are there. And just being in that back and forth in that really fluid, organic way. Yes. And it's not about stories of, oh, well, I like when my man does this, so he needs to always do this for me and and vice versa. It's something different. And it it allows this openness and for something new to arise, something deeper to emerge, not just in yourself, but in that co-created relationship. And that's where we're talking soul level relationships yeah. you know that's where i really experience them springing from is we're in that moment to moment relating not just in our stories and conditions yeah so i think we should try this out okay i, I think we should do it right on the podcast all right and test sure. out um, so there's tons of different authentic relating activities and stephanie literally has been facilitating these in bali for a few years now right yeah, so let's do one right here and just show people what that dynamic looks like. Yeah, all right. So one thing that we can do, and I often leave this in like any workshop or training, just as like a simple start. You can do it with anyone. I literally have introduced this to like my family. I do this with my mom. Um, I do this with my friends. And um, I like to call it a check-in. But it's just an opportunity for each of us in this moment to reveal what's really going on beyond the, oh, hi, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, great. Everything's wonderful. I've had a great day. It's like, ah, let's get past the informational exchange Mm -hmm. and let's get into our relational exchange. Yes. And so what we're going to do in just a moment is reveal our emotions, our sensations, and even our thought patterns that we're experiencing in ourselves in this moment. And given that, Chelsea and I are sitting here together. This is about the relationship because I'm sitting here with her. You know, we're in like a shared energy field right now. So while I am fully feeling myself, I'm aware that us being together and talking and sharing is, it's like we're co-creating something here. And this is my way to organically express what I'm feeling by sharing this space in this moment with you. (laughs) so what we can do is we can actually go back and forth and I'll go ahead and start and we'll just each say we'll do it kind of line by line okay and I'll start by saying 
being with you right now, right here, I notice. And then that's when I'm going to share like a feeling, a thought, or a sensation that comes up as I stare into your eyes. Literally, I'm staring into Chelsea's (laughs) eyes right now. And I'm just going to let it come out. And this is unfiltered. And it can be something that might seem random or you never know. Like just open up to like what that moment is. So before we start, we'll just take a moment and just take a breath in and out and just kind of connect to ourselves first. Really welcoming ourselves fully to feel all of our feelings. Just welcoming whatever is there in us right now without judgment. Just bringing it into our awareness. Allowing it to be there and allowing it to come out and be expressed. Let's take another breath in and out. <sighs> All right, now we're staring into each other's eyes again. So being with you right now, I notice I feel very drawn into your eyes. And I feel like time is in so. Okay. Being with you right now, I notice this like energy inside that's exciting. Like we're filming this podcast in the same moment of doing this activity. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, anything is going to come up. (laughs) It's exciting. (laughs) Um, Hearing that, I notice bubbles of excitement and heat like moving in my body and my chest and oh I just feel like waiting out like yay (laughs) (laughs) and hearing you say that makes me want to join you (laughs) in this excitement and this like skipping around yeah yeah and hearing you say that I feel suddenly like a sense of depth that's there and it I'm wondering, like, what more is possible with us? What more, you know, what depths are possible with us and our connection? Yes. And hearing you say that, I feel like, oh, it's so interesting to say this on a podcast because, you know, we're used to this being in Bali, but it's also like two women in the United States, like having this (laughs) deep interaction, but also like it's what, I crave Mm -hmm. just like deeper connection. Right. Yeah. Yes. I know that I'm really feeling you and like, I'm feeling gratitude right now. Like hearing both of us go back and forth this way and share and just having like sustained eye contact just feels (laughs) so honest and open Mm -hmm. and warm. And I just feel like invited into our friendship more. Mm. It feels so good. I'm just like feeling so appreciative right now. <laughs> yes. Thank you for doing this with Thank me. You. Yeah. Yes. I really give you a hug. <laughs> so that was a live demonstration of authentic relating. And that's how deep it is. It's like you're looking into someone's eyes. You're connecting and you're kind of like going into this is what I'm feeling in the moment. This is what I hear. And like literally anything can come up. And so, like, when I said, oh, it's kind of interesting because we're both, like, in this space. We're, like, in the United States. This is super unconventional. It's almost like 
two women having this conversation (laughs) and it's like, I feel depth and I feel, but it's also exactly what we all want. We all want to feel closer. We all want to connect. And I was literally just feeling, oh my God, we can be best friends in this moment. (laughs) And we've only met, you know, a few times. I mean, we've had obviously in-depth conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've had a lot true. of depth, in-depth conversations. Mm. But I feel super close to yeah. you. In that. Yeah. There's such an intimacy and it feels like, it feels like to me, like what we're feeling right now and when I practice authentic relating with people, it's like getting into the root of humanity. It's like that intimacy, that depth that's there, that like wellspring mm. of open possibility of like, Oh my God, there's so much aliveness in human connection. And if we just give it a little bit of our openness and full attention, even like we did just for like a minute, right? Wow. All of a sudden I'm feeling like floored and open and like juicy and excited and alive, you know? Yes! And like, this is like... (laughs) I'm getting excited. (laughs) It is exciting. The energy is contagious too. It is. It's so (laughs) contagious. And I find this is so common in like authentic relating spaces. Like when I'm leading events, using authentic relating, a lot of people at the end talk about how alive they feel and they feel seen they feel understood. They feel excited about, and they also feel, a lot of people say, they feel very hopeful and optimistic about humanity. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so amazing. I could totally see that. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. Wow. Yes. So that's just one authentic relating exercise, and there's so many more. You can do this with couples, especially, we were talking about this too earlier, even married couples who've lived with each other for like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you can live in a house with somebody and still not truly know what they're feeling, not really know what's going through their mind. You might know how their day went, like, oh, how's your day? Oh, good. But like actually going deeper, what's in the roots, mm-hmm. what's under the surface of that. When that comes up, then you really start seeing the person. I, I did this activity with my parents and um, at first, they were super uncomfortable in, in more of just like a joking way. My dad was like, oh, she knows how I feel about her. And he was like, oh, Chelsea, we don't need to, we don't need to share this. But it was almost a block of vulnerability, like fending it off in a way. And then once they started getting into it and started going deeper, they really started opening up and being like, wow, this is so nice. And it can be, you know, I imagine there's some people out there right now being like, oh, wow, they're just talking about their hearts. It's so up in the air, woo woo, so emotional, talking about feelings. But I guarantee if you really sit with it and go a little bit deeper with yourself, that's actually what you truly, truly want. And the mask could be just keeping you from that, almost like this this guard because it's not accepted in our, in our society. We, we for so long put up these guards around it. But if you really just lean into it a little bit, I guarantee there's some part of you that's like, this is what I want more than anything, like love and connection, really being seen and really being heard. Yeah. I would love to speak on that because I feel that so much right now in a lot of our authentic relating events, I've been leading these very regularly for the past year or more and each time there are people who come out to our events 
And they tell us, you know, normally I do not come to events like this. I don't even come out much. I'm not very social. I'm super introverted. I stay in my cave, but I decided to venture out for this. And I'm so glad I did Mm -hmm. because what they're speaking to is there is such a program and these, I work with international people. It's not just Americans. So this is really something I'm seeing globally. There's a tendency for us to go away and kind of sort out our stuff alone. So we kind of mask the depth of what we're really feeling. Um, and we don't necessarily express that and kind of like maybe go off and just sit alone with that or, or we go into autopilot, like you mentioned with your parents, my, or other couples who've known each other for like 40 years and you just get into a routine with someone. And so we don't always stop to like really authentically openly share what's real in that moment and let people in on it. But when we do and we feel that human connection, Mm -hmm. it feels liberating. It's freeing. It's energizing. You know, like I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't have energy to do that. It's going to be so draining. But what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing every single time is the liberation, the aliveness, the energy that overflows from connecting like this, Mm -hmm. from sharing this way. And I just really believe this is actually inherent in humanity. And I think back when we lived in more like tribal spaces, more community spaces, we probably were relating like this a lot more. Yeah. And I think that's so healthy. Yeah. And I think we actually crave it, but we don't maybe know we're craving it because we never really had it or not much of it, right? So I just think, oh, yeah, it's so important. And at least try it out. Yes. At, least, at least sample this a little bit. For sure. And on that point, you know, the closest thing that we have right now to tribes is college universities. And when people are on campus, like you're living on campus, you're around your tribe, you're around your friends. When people graduate, it's almost like there is this total disconnection of like, wow, I now have to start over. I don't have the same friends. And then people literally can fall into loneliness and depression. And that's where the the loneliness epidemic spreads. When you have all these people and then you no longer have it almost instantly. And people get married and they have families and then it's lessened even more. Mm. When back in the day, you used to have a tribe and you would have kids and your kids would run around with the tribe and you would take care of their kids. They would take care of your kids. And it was like, you are all together as a unit mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. And people really crave that. Mm-hmm. And something like this, I mean, we don't need to live in tribes anymore per se, but we can at least be in deep connection and authenticity through stuff like this. Yeah. I would love to share too a little bit about the applications of this, of where we can use authentic relating and where it is being used right now. And I will say too, authentic relating is just a form of like presence and mindfulness that we can bring to any kind of relationship. So yeah, you can go to a workshop. You, you know, you're invited to come to workshops. That's absolutely there. And you can use these practices, these, these tools in your romantic relationships or with your family. But I'm also seeing how they're being used. I'm seeing them used in communities. They're actually in prisons and correctional facilities right now too. And we know that mindfulness is spreading around the globe. And even in the US, there are more and more schools, even elementary schools that are introducing mindfulness programs because of the benefits for everyone, whatever your age, whatever your background, whether you're in a prison system or not, it's like these are like the basic 
humanity needs. And these in like mindfulness and authentic relating are the tools that help us access our ourselves on a deeper level in a, in a healthy way, you know, mm-hmm. so we don't necessarily have to go towards something like drinking culture. Like I know we mentioned like university, a lot of students bond in university and in college, but there can always, there often is like a crutch there too, a lot of drinking culture and mm-hmm. that opens us up to bonding. But there's actually other ways and tools like these with authentic relating that can open you up in a moment without the need for like a few glasses of wine to loosen you up and to tell your friends what's actually going on with you. Mm. you know? Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So we talked about so many things over the past 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. We talked about the show love is blind. So if you haven't watched it, take a, take a watch. It's really good. We talked about authentic relating, coming into deeper connection. We walked everyone through an experience so if somebody wanted to experience this themselves, what would be the next step? Well, I definitely want to invite you, especially if you're in Atlanta listening to this. Um, we have a, one of it coming up soon and more beyond that. So I'm just going to put that out there so you can join us for in-person events. Um, I invite you to follow follow me. I have some free tools that you can access so that you can learn what the practices are and how to use them in any and all of your relationships, whether it's at the office or at home or with your partner. Um, so I would start there. Those are the easiest ways to start most accessible. And how can they follow you? Like what's your website, what's your handle? And I'll put it in the links below. Awesome. So yeah. I would say go on Instagram. My, my handle is Stephanie underscore Dickinson underscore. Um, and on Facebook, I'm Stephanie Dickinson and I share a lot of free resources like authentic relating and mindfulness tools and guides for you. And those are free. Um, I also have videos where I share like experiences, not just my own, but a lot of the other people who've gone through the trainings and workshops and how authentic relating has really helped them and opened them up to feeling better and having better relationships. So yeah, please come check out those free resources and get them for yourself. Perfect. So that workshop is going to be Sunday night, March 1st. So Stephanie and I are going to be hosting this workshop at Ashtanga Yoga in Indian Park for those of you who live in Atlanta. And if not, find, just Google Authentic Relating Your City. There are resources all around the world um, that are doing this. Thank you guys for listening. As always, love you so much.